Rugby fans, once again, thank you for tuning in and watching us here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. As a friendly reminder, what we do here can certainly not be done week after week without the help of some great partners, one of which deserves a highlight here with Shop MLR, now powered by RugbyNow.com. They are certainly the leaders when it comes to everything Major League Rugby related for you as the fan. So make sure you go and check them out today at shopmlr.com. And their deliveries may ship the very same day and you could have your kit ready for the next game day. And welcome Rugby Rant fans to episode 94, baby. Man, I'm super excited. We're inching closer and closer to that episode 100. It's been a long three years between me, Rob, <laughs> Ty, and man, Preston, a little hammer, Hammerschmidt's joining with us, man. Preston, how are mm-hmm. you today? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just uh, glad glad to be back home and uh, doing a little recovery and getting in the gym and stuff. So it's good. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. You know, we all wish you the best. Um, and if for the guys who haven't watched uh, the rugby ran, I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. That's Rob the Hammer, Hammerschmidt. Preston, the little Hammer, Hammerschmidt is Rob's progeny. Um, Definitely has developed a uh, better rugby player than himself, which is always for a good sure. Thing. I think that's True every story. father's dream, right? Is to is to have yeah. their sons do better than themselves. Uh, your brother also doing well. De- definitely a better rugby IQ than I ever had, for sure. <laughs> I did that about five years ago, but no big deal. <laughs> well, no, see, why are you going to be like that? You're going to do me like that because I care. Like this is your show, and I get to just kind of like <laughs> hijack a little bit. It's more fun for me and. You can't do any of that glass of water. You know, you, where to, you know where to put it. <laughs> and your little brother, too, exceeding in lacrosse at Central Michigan, I believe. Western Michigan. Western Michigan. What a good friend. Hey, I was home. close. But, you know, again, <laughs> it's awesome. Glad to see the Hammerschmidt family uh, excelling in athletics. Uh, and, you know, listen, they're, they're not too shabby on the academic end either. But anyway. Uh, Got that right. We're, we're about to hit our around the pick segment. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think we've been Hitting our stride as of late, we're going to bring you some news and notes, some notable things that have happened around rugby. So, Rob, hit us with your first segment. Yeah, um, really cool stuff happening. Collegiate Rugby Shield, we talked about it a few weeks ago. So there's a new twist that just came out this week. In case you didn't catch it, that's why we're here. Of course, it's going to be at Harriman, um, uh, Utah, Zions Bank Stadium. Um, 50 select college players. They're supposed to be submitting their information. I know Gabe Kettering from Lindenwood has been selected. Um, It's been flexed from FS. Two to FS1. That's good news, folks, because now we're, you know, college rugby is hitting its stride, getting a little bit more pub, getting a little better um, eyes on it. Um, July 2nd, 6 p.m. And uh, I want to make this mention um, we will have Warriors assistant GM Nick Colling on episode 98. So in four episodes, June 9th, look for it. We're going to talk to him about this collegiate rugby shield it should be exciting and maybe we'll get some insight on that move from fs2 to fs1 why and how that happened preston what do you got buddy um i got four more uh mlr 50 cap men you got Riker hatting from seattle uh, looking forward to seeing him possibly for, play for the usa um 
I'm going to butcher the shit out of this. So if you're watching this, I'm so, so sorry. But uh, see you. Ulia, maybe. He's got 50 caps for Utah. Um, that's another big feat. Then you got Luke White coming off, 50 caps. And um, to round it all off, you got Ben Mitchell, 50 caps for uh, San Diego Legion. So you're seeing four more um, big 50 cap boys in the MLR. And I'm actually just – it's it's awesome to see that the MLR has now gone up and guys are hitting 50 caps um, with the MLR. So that's really exciting. So, yeah. Yeah, no, hey, we we see it and like we like we said in the past, the first 50 players to hit 50 caps are getting their nice golden cap from the MLR and and they're putting out these graphics and showing the fans that these are the guys doing it. Um so I the- think we're going to see a coach hit 50 games coached at some point. I think the- we are. I think we are. Yeah. I, mean, I think um probably um, right now Nate Osborne, you know, yeah, he's got to be OGs. He has to be close, I think, right? Yeah. Rob? You know? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It may be coming up soon. Uh, Going to see him this weekend, so I'll, I'll maybe yeah, I'll ask, ask him about it. Yeah, ask him. See see where he's at. He has to be close. And now he's coaching yeah. the OGs. It's, it's, you know, he's adding to that that resume. Um, But my turn, baby. Let's get hot. USA we, uh, Eagles named their traveling squad for the Pacific Four Series. And some familiar names, Katie Benson, Jacoby, uh, Charlie Jacoby, Hope Rogers, um, Kristen Sommer, uh, Carly Waters, Kate Zachary, Alev Kelter, uh, friend of the show, Tess Fury, to name a few. Um, a lot of the, the ladies on this list uh, play in the Prem. Um, a lot of the ladies on this list play in the States. Um, and I think it's a good mix. I think it's a good mix of, of ladies who have been playing at the high-level professional side. Um, some of these ladies are playing the high-level WPL here in the States. But I think overall, uh, this is one of those really good squads that's going to kind of kind of shake it up. Um, there's three match days. Uh, the fifth, they're playing Canada. The eleventh, um, and the seventeenth, I forgot. Uh, I think it's Australia the eleventh and New Zealand the seventeenth. I believe it's June fifth at eight p.m. June eleventh at eight p.m. and then June seventeenth at midnight are the kickoff times. Rob, what's your second? Uh, Yeah, well, Dan Lyle just recently posted a piece from the Denver Post, which is interesting because we know uh, as of the the taping of this, we're four days away from the big announcement to see if World Rugby announces that, uh, you know, North America will finally get a World Cup. So uh, as of the release of this, we'll know for sure. The interesting piece about this, though, is that uh, Denver if in fact the United States is given the World Cup in 2031, Denver is basically throwing their hat in the ring to be a host city of you know some pool play and potentially some of the bigger games in the knockout phase. So we should have some more information in the next coming weeks. Perhaps we're going to see more and more cities throw their hat in the ring. The reason why I love this is because talking with a friend of mine who was a soccer coach, he was real disappointed that Chicago didn't put in uh, for the the soccer World Cup, and it means a lot a lot of lost uh, tourism dollars to a city. So to see cities put in like Denver to try to bring in those dollars and try to raise and elevate uh, the profile of their city on the world stage is awesome to see. Kudos to Denver uh, thinking about that and and want to be part of the party. Yeah, Preston. Yeah, mine. Um, it's funny we were my uh, roommate and I back at school were watching the Prem watching Danny Cipriani um, play for Bath. And we got to the talks. His contract's got to be up. Where's he going to go? What's he going to do? Because he's been he's been through the Prem, but he's also been internationally played. Um, 
And we were talking about Japan. Is he going to go to the big hub where a lot of big players that are still still active internationally and get paid big dollars? Or is he going to come to the States and test his luck here and be another big name? Um, so we were just talking about how Japan and the U.S. have been coming up as, as the place for players to go. And it's funny, we were talking about that because no more than two or three days later, um, news broke that Cipriani might be coming uh, stateside. Um, the next, maybe the next Foden, the next coming of Foden. Um, so who knows? You know, I've seen the Dallas Jackals might be one of the front runners. They've had a couple uh, English pump players come through. Um, so that's just super exciting to see a big name 10 come through and um, possibly play in the States. Uh, so that's exciting. Yeah, Sips has been linked to LA in one article. Uh, the the Jackals yeah. in, in a rugby uh, uh, post uh, um, from down in Dallas. Um, you know some and and you know he had kind of a a weird not a weird post, but the wording of it was like you know new journey and a new place. And mm. you know when when the big guy first saw that, he kind of was like that sounds interesting because you know when you say a new place and you talk about a new journey, um, that that sounds like you're coming to the MLR in my opinion. Yeah. And, and on to my next one. Um, you had another guy, uh, Nihi Miller Scunner. Um, you know, he's of that 2015 uh, All Black uh, Rugby World Cup Championship team. Um, I believe the Guardian named him one of the players of the tournament in that particular in that particular Rugby World Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Had he posted on his Instagram um, that he was, uh, you know, sad to, to leave his his children and his wife. New chapter, new journey, new opportunities. Man, sounds almost like Danny Cipriani's post, and and not not that Nihi Milner Scudder has been linked uh, publicly to the MLR. I just find it interesting that he's using the same language. He's getting a flight and he's going somewhere to play rugby. The MLR is in session and they are playing rugby. So I mean, I think you're going to see a lot more of these guys who are maybe at the tail end of their career come over. They, you know, a lot of these guys are looking at just things like Andy Ellis's social media and showing that. His kids are here. His family's here. He's set up here. You know, his kids are going to school here. They're looking at Ben Foden. Ben Foden is back in the back stateside and living here uh, after his career in rugby. You know, after he, he called it a career in rugby, he's still living in New York. You know, so I mean, it, I think it's something that's going to attract a lot more people. Right now, it's guys on the tail end of their career, but also I think we're going to attract some of those guys that are on the on the on the rise. You know, you, you have guys like Dan Tollinshead who had a great season here with with Rooney got a, uh, a contract to go play in France and is successful there in his contract, you know? Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of movement and the MLR is still growing, baby. But um, before we get to our rant topic, and it's it's a controversial one, I'll tell you that. Um, a great rant topic, a controversial one, and there's some heavy opinions about it. But before we get to it, yeah. let's take a word from our sponsor. Hey, wait, Scott, I want to mention one thing for folks, and this isn't around the pitch, but, um, you know, years when I was playing uh, back in the Stone Age, uh, a lot of guys didn't know how to get noticed by USA Rugby. I think they're trying to iron that out. Dave Fee mentioned this to me. Midwest Talent ID Camp will take place in Chicago June 5th. We don't have a location, but they're offering it at no cost. So, you know, uh, put your arm up. If you think you're that quality or you need a look, you need to get a shot, um, you can go on. I posted on the fan zone. You can go on there and submit your name, put your hand up and get identified. So, you know, put, you know, take a shot. You never know what the outcome might be. Miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take, baby. That's right. Mm-hmm. My, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Wayne Gretzky, Scott. That's right. They're going. All right. We'll just cut there. Oh, I, we can just cut it here. That's yeah. it. You'll add it. Okay. Yeah, we're done. Cool. All right. Sweet bros. 
With over 37 years of experience, American Rugby Outfitters have been dedicated to providing quality rugby gear to those who like to get dirty. The ARO team prides itself in delivering the highest quality rugby gear that will withstand the punishment rugby dishes out. Brands such as Adidas, Barbarian, Gilbert, Canterbury, and Protec will deliver when the game gets tough. Whether you need team uniforms, boots, bags, field equipment, or swag for the post-mass social, ARO is your source for quality rugby gear. They can set up your club or business with a team store like they did for us to ensure every member looks as good as the pros. If the international game is your vibe, ARO will carry you across the line with officially licensed gear from the Eagles, Springboks, All Blacks, England, Ireland, and Wales, amongst others. Visit RugbyGear.com and check out all that the folks from American Rugby Outfitters have to offer. Use the code RANT15 to get a 15% discount site-wide. As an added bonus, when the items in your cart are $100 or more, you get free shipping to anywhere in the continental United States. Don't forget to check out our line of Rugby Rant gear available exclusively at RugbyGear.com. Don't forget to use RANT15 to get 15% off your order site-wide. American Rugby Outfitters dedicated to the toughest demands in the world's toughest game. And welcome back, rugby fans. We just hit you with the around of pitch. Now we're going to the rugby ramp portion of the show. We're back at episode 94. It's great. We're this this much closer to episode 100. Uh, now we did some recalibrating, me and Rob. We're thinking it's probably going to be the weekend of the semifinals, not mm-hmm. necessarily the finals, which, you know, we were close enough on our timing. You know, not honestly, not that we actually tried to time it, but we just got close. But uh, with us, yeah, exactly. With, with us today, speaking of, Rick, the Jackal King Collins from the Jackal Den. We've had Rick on the show many times. Rick, thank you for coming on again. Where's hey. the mask? I, I was hoping the mask would make an appearance. No, I, I it looks good at the games, not so good on TV. Yeah, it, was, it was scared the little kids, all the little <laughs> no, kids that right. watch our show. You know, we're trying to be family friendly on TRN. They've told yeah, don't me scare I my son. Much and, yeah, and then speaking speaking of scaring little kids, Preston, the little hammer Hammerschmidt, welcome back, buddy. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just uh, sitting here recovering. So. Recovering from your father's just incessant telling you that you, you're a bad kid. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, no, I've been a huge disappointment. Haven't won him a national championship or anything. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. that crap. Your, your little brother's way better than you in all athletic feats, that type of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah that whole, whole nine yards. Look, look at him about all face. that. He's an inch taller. But, you know, I guess six, six, five, and six, six. We have a good uh, center power forward combination brewing in our house. Uh, but, guys, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for coming back on the show and uh, we have an interesting topic and this was this topic was actually brought up uh by the hammer himself me and me and rob were talking about uh different topics and this is one of the things that we saw this past weekend with the guiltinis um you know rob for all the for all the talk rob does about how he doesn't like the guiltinis they seem to live in his head red free don't you know. <laughs> the pink and blue he can't keep his eyes off exactly it. those 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 colors he says aren't that good <laughs> Definitely the best, those Miami Vice colors. But anyway, their recent marketing strategy, which seems to be like budgies all day, budgies all night, and it led into having, I think, a seven-on-seven scrimmage at halftime where everybody was just in their budgie smugglers. Now, we've seen a lot of great uh, um, uh, marketing strategies from a lot of teams. 
Last year, um, I, I forget the, the the cat's name, the saber cat mascot, rolling around on that awesome motorcycle. Oh my god! Even disrupting, yeah, even disrupting some conversions against the AGs, which was awesome to see last year. We thought I thought that was hysterical. Uh, we've seen crazy other mascots like that, whatever the hell that thing is in New England that uh, that suddenly disappeared. Right? Woo, they had woo, a mascot yeti. last year. Woogie, Woogie, yeah, yeah Woogie, like yeti, Woogie, yeah, whatever. It's like a fake. <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers mascot. The, they just and, uh, right. an extra at uh, the, what's the Monsters Inc. Yeah, it's like they can't they can't <laughs> figure out their marketing strategy. Like, are we Continentals? Are we Yetis? You know, what have you? But um, but but talk going back to the Guillotinis. Um, I just you know it's it was an interesting strategy. It definitely was eye catching. And this is why we Maybe brought the guys. Well, hey, listen. It's a conservative washboard right abs, washboard abs, oil, baby oil, got the rock going with the arm butter, you know, listen, that's what, that's what being a rugby back is. Preston wouldn't know that he doesn't have that physique, even though he calls himself mm-hmm. a back, but you know, no. it's just, it's just one of those things. But anyway, this is why we brought Rick and Preston on, you know, being the fact that they're hardcore fans. I think this is a topic that is, would be very interesting from their perspective. Rick being so into the jackals and, and into being part of the, the Jackal King at the Jackal Den, you know. And, and Preston owning a pair of budgies himself that he supports I on do. occasion. Exactly. Uh, so I think man. he's, yeah, these guys, these guys kind of know. They, they kind of know. <laughs> so, uh, Rick, we're going to start you off with your two minutes. Let's hear it. All right. So two minutes. Um, sex sells. Let's be honest. Like this, this, the whole world, this is, this is, you know, what we live off, especially in America, even though this is the, Protestant capital of the world. The our ancestry escaped crazy sex crazed Europe to get over here to have their less sex crazed life. And guess what? Sex sells. It's back. And I think they're the only team that's really trying to you know sexify their advertising uh, in MLR. It's outside the box thinking. Um, you got to give it to Gilchrist. His teams really put together good advertising, whether it's with the Gilgronis or with the Giltinis. Uh, but the Giltinis certainly out in LA. Hey, you know, different different rules out in LA. So if they if they want to sell sex and have you know hot cheerleaders on the sidelines and um, you know have the boys out there in, in noodle bags uh, during halftime playing some sevens, uh, so be it. Uh, I am from the conservative South born and raised. And, uh, you know, I don't think the Dallas Jackals will do the same thing, but, uh, when in Rome, as they say, <laughs> that's great. And I think you're right. I think we are seeing a little bit more flashier marketing from the LA team being in LA. And that's kind of what it's about, right? Uh, it's, it's that LA swag and they're bringing it to their marketing and that's, what's going to sell. I don't know if they're necessarily selling sex as much as they're just selling the fun of, of, you know, this is kind of a thing that Southern Hemisphere rugby players like to do, being budgies, because that's the kind of weather they're going to have, right? I mean, I don't see like you know, you know, the the guys in the prem really playing in budgies up in, up in you know, Ulster or in exactly, exactly. You know, at the stoop, all of a sudden you, you you see you know you see all the Quins and budgies at halftime. I mean, maybe you see it in the locker maybe room. Maybe Danny Care. Maybe. I mean, I gotta be honest. I think if you, I think you could talk Joe Marler into playing in budgies, like, you know, a game of touch. He just seems like that guy, but you know, it's, and, and that's the culture the team has, you know, uh, that Southern hemisphere culture. 
um, obviously, you know, with all those leaders being being from that area. So, yeah, I think it I think it mixes in well with what they have as a culture, what they have in L.A. and what they want to produce and put out there as far as their marketing strategy. So the guy who actually wears a budgie, Preston, I wonder what you have to say. Um, first off, I want to say that uh, Jack Knoll from the Exeter Chiefs, he's a big fan of them. If you go to the Budgie, Budgie Smugglers UK, he does his own line. Um, and then what, I believe when Henry Slade got his 100th uh, extra capped, he got his own pair of budgies. Um, so it's not just Southern Hemisphere. And I think their marketing is just like the fun of it. It's the oddity. Like when you see it pop up on your on your Instagram, whatever, if you're just scrolling through and you see a basically fully naked man, you're going to be like, whether you're male or female, you're like, what did I just witness? And you're going to go back and you're like, okay, it's budgies. This is hysterical. Like who does this? And you're going to then look at more in depth. Um, so I think that's kind of eye-catching appeal is, is hoping that wherever people are seeing it, they're going to spend an extra second saying, what the hell is this? And click on it. And then they're going to go, oh, Giltini's rugby, you know, and look into it a bit longer. Um, I know my friend from Lindenwood, Jonah Dutenberger, he did a, a nice photo op with uh, noodle bags that got a lot of publicity as well. So I think I think just their marketing strategy is going out there and, and just trying to be a little eye-catching. Like if you're going to scroll by and see mostly, mostly skin, you're going to go back and question what you just witnessed and then you're going to go into it. And I think it is that kind of taking a little bit of home and bringing it to the States. And it just, it, it catches, catches eyes. Absolutely. You have that California sun, you have that gold kissed skin, you have all those sweaty, nice men playing rugby. And you know what it is, you want that piece to go viral, you know, whether it does mm-hmm. or it doesn't, you want to put out that marketing and say, Hey, how, how are we going to do a couple things? How are we going to drive ticket sales? How are we going to drive website traffic? How are we going to drive maybe to our social media accounts? And then outside of that, how are we going to drive them from our social media accounts, from purchasing a ticket to then yeah. getting merch and getting involved with the Giltikis or getting involved with the Jackal Den? What do you, what do you have, Preston? I, was I believe that. Todd Clever did a little seventh game in the 2016 uh, Sevens World Cup or one of the LA tournaments because I remember him doing it. And it was like just after he finished his career by a few years. It was like, I couldn't believe that he was doing it. And then when he connected with the Guiltinis, it all clicked. Hey, Todd mm-hmm. Clever, you know, the first rugby player to be part of the bodies issue. Me and Rob mm-hmm. spoke to him yeah. about that issue and the things that happened afterward to kind of, you know, change his career trajectory in, in USA rugby. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you have a guy who, who has done it and has put his body out there as an athlete in the past, you know, working with the, the Guiltinis. So obviously there's a, a good connection there. But like I was saying previously, how do we take this marketing campaign and how does it, how do you make it from a marketing campaign that goes viral to convert to fans, to convert the fans to say, I want to put my money into this, whether it's being a season ticket holder, whether it's purchasing a uh, season ticket pack, whether it's purchasing some guillotinis at the stadium and some other swag, you know? So the first thing you got to do is have that eye catching video and go viral. Rob, for a dude who shouldn't be wearing budgies. What do you <laughs> Definitely <have to> not. <laughs> Man, oh, I take a lot of heat on this show, and now I got it from two ends anyway. All right. Uh, so um, two things that caught my eye, and yes, it did catch my eye as I scrolled through, and that was the noodle bag promo, and then it was also the May the 4th Be With You promo where they had the, you know, the Hoth, uh, the Tatooine scene. Um, and uh, since that was my birthday, I stopped and looked at that. But um, 
the the May the Fourth be with you was kind of cool, except that there was kind of a precarious looking and strange looking position of the guys in that one with the noodle bags, mm. and and I just thought that that piece was wrong. I think they could have caught the same effect with even with the budgies, but I think it was just poorly done. It I don't think it came off that well. The noodle bags, I'm a little bit torn. I mean, I I, I you know look, we need to get more eyes on rugby in the United States, but truth be told, are they the right set of eyes? Um, and I think to some degree, maybe that depends. Maybe that's something that sells tickets out in LA. I don't know. I think that's a great question. You know, does it catch eyes? Does it get likes, et cetera? But the reality is those don't matter unless it converts to ticket sales. Yeah. So I think that's the real question. Does it convert to ticket sales? And let's face it, we've had lingerie football before. Does that really convert and and do any net benefit to football in the United States? I'd say overall, in the back of people's minds, the answer is no. It's almost gimmicky, and it comes off gimmicky. And I think, you know, in the Midwest, it would come off gimmicky. I, I don't think it would really sell. And maybe that's the same as Rick talked about down there in, you know, in Texas. I mean, Austin is the same owner. They're not doing something like that. Why is it? Little different region, little different mentality. Perhaps it wouldn't sell quite as well. Um, I, I guess, uh, you know, that's the thing I struggle with. What do you want your franchise to be about? And you've got to look for partners uh, that are willing to work with you in marketing to present your franchise in a way that really represents how you want to be seen. We know that the NFL looks to protect the shield. Should the MLR come in here and be a little bit more careful about how its shield is presented as we begin the run up to hopefully by the time this airs rugby world cup 2031 i think there's a bit of responsibility that needs to be taken by all teams and by the league in that regard i agree there's uh, just real quickly there is a risk that you know in the way that you allow owners to uh use their money uh right and uh we've seen with premiership in terms of you know giving extra benefits to players uh, they're starting to cut back on that and you know, put the hammer down. Um, you know, we're in an early stage where it's like, just bring money in, right? It doesn't really matter where it comes from, bring money in. But I, I think there is a point where you have to, you have to step in and say, maybe this, you know, enough is enough. Um, I don't think this is necessarily it. You know, in Texas, the same sort of video for us would be putting one of the, uh, let's put, put Will Maggie on a Bronco and have him out at the rodeo riding a Bronco, like, for five seconds. Like, yeah. right, that's the kind of thing you would expect down here. Or one, or one of those bull riding things in a bar, you know, <laughs> exactly. something, little, you something that's not able to gore him, maybe. <laughs> I mean, in the, in the big guy's opinion, I think Rick is right. I don't think there's anything wrong with this campaign. I don't think it crossed any line. I think it showed that the Giltinis are going to want to be this fun, playful team. And, and I see Rob making a face here, and maybe it's his Midwestern sensibilities coming out. But it makes sense to me. Definitely is. You know, Definitely. When, you're at the, when you're at the beach, you know, there's guys who are, in, who, are, who, are, who are in this type of attire. There's rugby players who wear this type of attire. I think Rob is completely wrong in, in how he's pushing this. It's fat phobic. I didn't see one goddamn <laughs> forward in the entire fucking campaign. Uh, because they don't play sevens, man. What the fuck, <laughs> noodle bags? Listen, where's, here's, where's my here's boys? My, but here's my rub, Scott. If if we did this, think about this. If they did the in the prem, if they did the same thing but had women in bikinis oh, playing rugby sevens, yeah. how well would that go over 
with women rugby players, with the women who are out there that are really trying to elevate the game. I think hey. it would go over poorly, hey. much in the same way that it went over when Ireland rugby in Canterbury didn't have the women's, you. the true women's Irish rugby team. But we're not, we're not with talking the jerseys. about, we're not, we're not you know, talking I, about exploiting, you know, women's sexuality to bring about. No, we're exploiting men's first. sexuality. I don't think we're exploiting Which, their sexuality. Quite, quite honestly, a lot watching, of men don't care watching, about, but you know, watching, I mean, you're when taking, you're trying to run a business, men, I think it's kind of relevant. You're taking men who like wearing this. I mean, we're talking to Preston who talked the, I mean, he, he talked about the guys in the UK. We're talking about the guys in the Southern Hemisphere that wear this, that go on their hey, Instagram. And here's the difference. Why can't difference. they play that? Hey, Jack Knoll individually did it himself. His own sponsorship made an individual choice. I'm talking about a league-wide representation of what this league's about in its hey, infancy. we brought up And deciding laundry. what's represented to the non-rugby playing public that started to get eyes on the game as we lead up, hopefully, to Rugby World Cup 2031. What's, what's the number, what's the number one marketing play? Isn't that the same? We got to think about okay, lingerie football is. Are we? Do we think that's a legitimate like right use of of women in sport? No, no. But we're not talking. We're not talking about having. Do they want to be out there in the lingerie. Lead. I don't know. Maybe some do, some don't. But like, but, but here's the thing: you want to talk about the number the number one biggest marketing, uh, I would say, strategy in the biggest sport with one of the most uh, uh, with the teams with the most value. Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, LA Laker girls. So don't make it seem like we, we don't already do it with those with factions like that. And you're shaking your head like I'm they, crazy. But they don't sell tickets. Nobody goes to a game because oh, they're gonna have the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. You, Damn it, I'm going to a game. That's I, not a guys. Am I fucking make. crazy right what now? What sells tickets? Is uh, football, no, you're not crazy, right? And in this particular case. Are we really trying to sell tickets because we're having a bunch of guys go out there and budget at halftime and play I think the game the, of sevens? I mean, is that really the intent? I think you the know? difference is, is that this isn't every team in the league. This is one team, one weekend. They're just doing it for the fun, the shits, and the grins. They're not doing this league-wide. Not every team has this tournament like every every team in the NFL has cheerleaders. It's not It's not it, this like sexualized it. so thing. It's it, just so the fun it, of it. Do a calendar to raise funds in that individual club, or do a social media decision. campaign to get become eye catching, that, and that's, that's what they did. It's the same thing. That's fine. But how's that the same opinion. thing? But the reality is, is that you know the Giltinis are uh, part of something bigger that's going to play a major role in developing rugby over the next decade as we lead up, hopefully, to twenty thirty one. And I think there has to be a little bit of responsibility, like Rick said with Austin having you know guys on on a bull or something like that. You know. That's a that's a cool strategy. You know, Rooney has that great thing with Pongo and uh, Chance, where they where they uh, do a little bit of a, a banter back and mm -hmm. forth, and they and they 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 sing songs and stuff. Um, and that's funny, and it's not it, you know it doesn't ruin the reputation and the image and tarnish the image of the league itself. And I think there are a lot of ways you could be creative without the going and sexually that, exploiting anybody. The fact that you think guys. In, in noodle bags playing yeah. sevens rugby at halftime of Guilty's is exploitive, is is and not well, right for look, the badges. And what did they have in between the action, Scott? What did they have in between the action? They had women cheering them on, right? Even okay. if it yep. wasn't right. And so the point and was grinning. to exploit them and grinning and going, oh, that's all. We love it. And that's yeah. great. But that was the point. Let's call a spade a spade here.
I, I think you're completely off base with this whole. Yeah, thing. I think okay. so. Too. I mean, it's, it's a little, it's a little crazy. I, I, I think legitimately that's what it was. I mean, sex sells. I, that's what I led with. I, that's legitimately what I saw when I watched it multiple times, just to make sure I wasn't seeing it wrong. Now, I'm not saying whether that's wrong or right. That's just the choice that they made for their their team. Now, if the league at some point decides they need to step in. I'm not going to say, oh, that's it's terrible that they're shutting down something like this. I'm going to say, okay, it's probably fair if they're looking to set an image for the league like the NFL does. But, I mean, Austin's not doing that. Dallas isn't doing that. Houston isn't doing that. We sell in a different way, and that's just – it's a conservative south. I know L.A. is a co- totally different animal. So. Hey, and, and Free Jacks had Dude Wipes as a sponsor. You don't see them going to the toilet and wiping their bums. <laughs> No, but it's all over their ass. Okay. So, I, so right there, oh, okay, they're but they're, you know, they're, they're regular shorts. You get it. It's an advertising trucks. spot. So here, so you're taking all the forwards with these big dump trucks, and you're exploiting them sexually by having dude wipes across their ass. Oh, the okay. But but yeah, it's, this is but it's LA. So but LA, LA is this this this, this straw that broke the camel's back, as as the hammer says. I, I, I just I think, think you're looking too far into it. it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're looking way well, too far. Now that, I mean, now that people get to choose how they want to identify, you can identify yourself as a skinny dude and wear sho- shorts with uh, dude wipes on it. That's what I'm saying. I think I think you're way off base with the fact about it's it's like this immoral imperative thing yeah. versus the fact that it's just fat phobic and none of the, <laughs> none of the guys were forward. Scott, Scott, look, I'll tell you. Obviously I'll tell ridiculous. you what. The guy guys on my rugby team who bought our budgies. Oh, I'm telling you, I don't think there are many forwards who missed out and many, many front rowers who missed out on that. Listen, you want to see Kalolo Tuiloma in budgies hitting. <laughs> if he wants to go do it, he can go do it. Like, go for it. If I see a photo of him, I'm going to like that because good on you to to do what you want to do. And, yeah, and I'm sure think the- individuals can do that because it's their prerogative and they have that right. And we know that in sports nowadays, you know, uh, individual players are doing their own thing and representing the ways in which they want to be represented. But I think we're talking about something at a much larger scale here. We're talking about representation of the game of rugby at its highest level in the United States. And I think there has to be a little bit more marketing sensibility when it comes to this it, for both the league as well as the team. Look, That's all. So if NRL- Matt Gatu wants to go out and do it, Good on Matt Gatu. Go ahead. That's an individual choice. I if just- you go, if you go to bungeesmugglers.com, Oz, you're going to see all the NRL teams have their own bungee smugglers. You're going to see the Oz Sevens have their own pair, and you're going to see a lot of the Australian Super Rugby teams have their own pair. But do they have commercials where they're running around tackle each other while oiled up, and they're bungee smugglers? But what's no. okay? So what's the difference? But none of those guys if- probably play for the Guiltinis, and they probably just ask, "Hey, you want to do this?" And they're like, "Fuck yeah, let's just go have fun." And what's what's the difference between if if MLR decided to say okay we're going to have a match with everybody's shirt off, they're still in, they're still in short rugby shorts. So what's the difference? Like I don't yeah. understand. I, and and I'm not is. sure I would be I, I wouldn't be supportive of that. I just don't think it's how the the league should represent itself if it wants to be taken seriously as as a as a major sport in the United States, which is they which is clearly got to be the goal. Well, right? look, they're trying to grow to 32 teams by X year, as 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 Commissioner Killebrew said. Then then there's then there's a desire to oh, be amongst the top sports in the United States. But look, you're you're talking about a an organization and an owner who has named two teams after himself and named them after drinks that never existed until recently, right? 
So we're not talking about teams that are built with, you know, uh, normal sense of, of, you know, how to build an organization. This guy is just basically just throwing money and, you know, just oh, no, no rules. Right. I mean, he's Aussie. No rules. Just right. Like, did you, did you really? That's, 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 <laughs> incoming blooming onion. Jesus Christ. Exactly. Oh my God. Rick with the kid with the calling the back outback the old, joke. Yeah. The old outback catchphrase. But here's the thing. I, I think, you know, it, again, you, you can go to other sports where they're using sex to sell things. And regardless of what you think, Rob, there's a reason the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders are famous. There's a reason that the Laker girls are famous. There's a reason that the Miami Dolphin cheerleaders are famous. There's a reason that there's a lot of because of longevity. They've been around so long. But what have we seen? I mean, we've seen teams get get rid of them because it was it was exploitive and conservative outfits and doing less uh, events outside of the you know playing field because they weren't getting paid. And And what I'm saying is to use this as a as a marketing tactic to go viral and you know, catch people's eyes. I don't think it's like the be all end all of the integrity no. of the shield, the shield in which we're going to talk about in our next segment that has the, the, you know, some major inconsistencies in it anyway, it, at several different levels. Looks like we're going to disagree on this one again. I mean, is it, is <laughs> yeah. it, my point is when have we agreed on, on anything, Rob? It's the rant. There's no, <laughs> agreement. There's no agreement. <laughs> that is supposed to be the point, I suppose. This Real guy. quick, I'm going to go. I'm going to go around the horn. I'm going to start with Rick. They go to Preston. Go, then go to Rob. Um, do you think this marketing tactic was successful? Yes or no, Rick? Is it now success can be multiple things. I'll just say one. I don't think it immediately puts butts in seats, which is should be their number one goal, considering how many seats they have to put butts in, and probably <laughs> the cost of renting that field. Part two is, are they creating buzz in L.A. where somebody might sit down at a bar and watch the game on TV after seeing the video? I would say, yes. I think there will be more of that. Are they going to get more Instagram followers? Maybe yes. But I don't okay. think that it puts butts in seats, which um, you know, is not financially the most important thing for, for the league or the teams, right? But – Long run, they need to get butts and seats. So what I'll say this, I'll say you're saying yes to the fact that you think it got the eye-catching it needed to get, but did it convert to dollars? Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Preston? I would say it was very successful. Looking at their Instagram and the video of the guys playing in budgies had 50,000 views, whereas the majority, there are three other videos under the same category in Instagram only have about – 1,500. If you want to talk pure viewership success, I could tell you by 50 times they were successful. Rob, successful yesterday. Money? If, if, if those 50,000 views don't convert to ticket sales, then no. And all right. by all accounts, it hasn't. So well, how, I, I no. like how Rob knows the exact ticket sales. Of- <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, bet I don't have to know. Go up by the look at the game last week after it happened. They didn't have 50,000. What do you mean after it happened? There hasn't, there hasn't. It was last week. Look, but you're not going to see immediate success. Uh, whatever. I think it's successful and you just stink. <laughs> I think, I think that's, that's the most logical. I'm glad I'm paying for that college education. Of, <laughs> of, yeah. You know, Logically, um, 
he thought about it. And, it is because uh, my math is really good, uh, and I just double checked with <laughs> you. So I, you know, honestly, I think uh, I think there's a, a, a two sides here. I think there's a a side of we don't know. Well, we don't know exactly what the what what happened as far as money wise, ticket sales, you know, creation of followers, you know, a, a a viral video, things like that. And then what we do see things like you know we could tell by the views. Well, this was this. We could tell by the fact that we're talking about it. You know, people are talking about. It. We could tell by the fact that there was a social media response. You know, over Facebook and over Twitter and things like that. So. You know, is it a success? We're not really sure. We don't really know. But uh, before we get to our RPK interview with our buddy Carl Meyer from NOLA, we're going to take a short break here and listen to a word from our sponsors. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, as it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And welcome back, Rugby Rant fans. We just had a great rant where I'm sure that I beat the hammer in whatever we were talking about. You know, episode 94. <laughs> we're this much closer to episode uh, 100, which is amazing. Me, Rob, and Ty are so proud of the show. You know, We love doing this weekly for you guys. We love everything we do here, the Around the Pitch segment. We love the rant. Honestly, this is one of my favorite parts is, yeah. is the RPK. And uh, as a matter of fact, um, we have Carl Meyer from, from NOLA Gold. And uh, I'm very excited. Carl, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And it looks like you and Hammer kind of did a jersey swap here. And Carl's wearing an awesome Rugby Rant uh, t-shirt. And if you guys want a Rugby Rant t-shirt, go to rugbygear.com, excuse me, um, run by American Rugby Outfitters. You'll see us in the teams and uh, uh, um, section. You'll see Rugby Rant. You'll see our hoodies. You'll see our t-shirts. You'll see our hats. We got bucket hats. We got polos. Um, we got these amazing t-shirts, some nice hoodies, and just for the month of May, use the code RANT25 to get 25% off all your rugby rant gear. Do the big guy a favor, do Rob a favor, get the gear, get 25% off, go to rugbygear.com, and sh- listen, wear it loud and proud, baby. We love it. It says, ruck, uh, ruck me, maul me, make me rant. So we thought that was kind of a apropos, you know. <laughs> Listen, it's it's fun. we have some fun merch. I love it, and the mm-hmm. hoodies. I love a good hoodie. Uh, you know, cold summer night in New York here. We're still in the fifties, so I'm rocking that hoodie constantly. But anyway, we're here to talk to our guest and interview our guest. Yeah. So let me just go through real quick. Uh, Carl CV, and I'm going to butcher all this all this uh, South African. <laughs> uh, so get ready, get ready, guys. Make sure Whoa, we're, hey, we're recording. On that this note, make- hold on, Carl. One question, real quick. Uh, Gary 
is it Labushane or Labushagni? He plays down there in Houston. We want the proper South African uh, pronunciation. Uh, it's pronounced Labuskakni. Labuskakni. So neither one of us were. Okay. Well, I was saying it in, here in the States, which is Labuschagne. So I was right, Rob. Anyway. Completely uh, wrong, but yeah. See? Completely <laughs> wrong. Thank you, Carl. Vindication. So Sharks Academy under-19s, uh, KwaZulu-Natali KwaZulu, uh, uh, Varsity Cup, uh, Dragons, Northward Crusaders, which are at Durban, uh, rugby rhino in the Bermuda tens. I got to be honest, me and Rob are we're, we're very disappointed that the tens the, the tens haven't come back. Yeah. We had a lot of friends playing in the tens. It was exciting to watch uh, when there was no rugby, and of course, obviously, Nola Gold. Um, Rob, you want to uh, tell our viewers how we're going to kick off this interview and how RPK works? Absolutely. For those that never never seen a run pass kick style of interview, it works like this. We're going to pose questions to Carl, and we're going to give him three options. And we know how good Carl is with the ball in hand, with the ball out of the hand, and, of course, with the ball off his foot. So we're pretty sure he's going to be very well adept at handling the run, pass, or kick challenge. Nevertheless, if he decides, and Carl will tell us what he's going to do after each question, if he's going to run with it, that means Carl's going to go ahead and answer it. If he decides to pass it, it means he doesn't want to get himself in trouble uh, with fits. And if he does, he'd have to bring him a six-pack of Mountain Dew, so we know he doesn't want to do that. Or he can go out and have fun with us. We know Carl likes to put the high ball up on occasion. Have a little fun with us. Put us on the defensive. Make us work. And that means that we have to answer in a way that we think Carl would answer. Um, and I have a feeling, well, he could have a little fun with us because Carl, quite frankly, you know, I know a lot about the gold. And, you know, you, you kind of figure I'll be able to answer some of those questions. But you might want to tongue-tie Scott. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see what will happen there. But yeah, nevertheless. He's not wearing a great shirt, so. <laughs> uh, don't even get me started. How's your hockey team down in Louisiana? Oh, you don't have one. Sorry. <laughs> sorry to adopt the blues there, Carl. You know, they, they kind of embrace that whole, you know, uh, um, Florida Lee kind of thing that they have a little bit of kinship with New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Carl, you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge, my mate? Yes. Let's go. First up, um, like many teams, the Gold have theme events at their home matches. And, of course, the Gold's had quite a few this year. But one of them that is very popular down in New Orleans is I've paid attention to uh, both the Gold as well as Sheila Falcon. Throw out a little shout-out to Sheila there. Their uh, Facebook pages is Women's Day. Scott, cue the photo. There we go. Look at that. Um, <laughs> Run past your kick, Carl. Was this your attempt at supporting the themed event of Women's Day? Uh, I'll run with that, but uh, I wish I thought of that uh, costume for, for the women's event. I'm sure they would have loved it. But that was actually a, a good couple of years ago. We did a, a, a charity run for breast cancer for women. Mm. And it was all the men dressing up in a dress or a tutu or anything. So we... We thought we'd go full gear, put the leotard on, and got a nice little tutu on and some a nice little wig. So it wasn't it wasn't fun to run five k in <laughs> in that leotard, but uh, little, I'm glad it was for a good cause. Little little chafing action happening down there. That's no oh, bueno. 
yeah, I was running like a cowboy. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, that, I got to tell you, now I know where Benji got the idea for Women's Day of dressing up like a woman. He got it from you. I mean, you guys share that, uh, you know, Meritsburg connection. So there's yeah. no doubt that Benji actually copied Carl Meyer. Folks, you heard it from the rugby rant. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. I got the second question. And, and speaking of, of where you were born, uh, you were born and raised in Peter Martzburg, South Africa. Obviously you grew up playing rugby and experienced the varsity cup, I believe in 2012, uh, run pass or kick. Can you describe for American rugby fans what this competition is like for South Africans? Sure. I'll run with it. Um, so it's basically a university competition, uh, for, players who don't necessarily go to any of the region the regional clubs or the academies and there they get the chance to study as well as play competitive rugby and um when it first came in it was on the monday nights and all the students got involved and it created such a good huge atmosphere and it was televised every monday so it drew in a lot of eyes to look at and a lot of players have got um some of their, their, their breaks in professional rugby thanks to, to, to that competition. So it's an awesome competition to be involved in. Uh, great for the students. Great for just anyone to come down and have a, have a good Monday night and, and see some good rugby. Yeah, we've heard a lot about that competition and had, you know, anybody who's been in South Africa and had an opportunity to get a taste of the Varsity Cup has really come away with a, a high opinion of the event, just a, a great um, atmosphere, camaraderie built around the schools. And I know there's a lot of um, banter that goes back and forth, if you will, between the various uh, schools that compete in the Varsity Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's just anyway. Uh, you have a good rivalry pretty much with everyone, uh, the teams you play in South Africa, and uh, you especially have those close little uh, rivalries that definitely – some banter you you wouldn't want to let let other people hear. <laughs> you, don't <laughs> you don't want your grandmother to hear. Yeah, I, no. I, I got you. Uh, uh, so, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about where you got your start, your roots, uh, and we want to continue with that. But I'm I'm really interested in this component as I was doing a bit of research. Your first year at, at Meritsburg at the at, at Unia College, um, you played uh, both cricket and rugby. So, run, pass, or kick. What made you decide to focus on the rugby? Uh, I'll run with it again. Um, so I started uh, back in South Africa. We pretty much, you, you get involved in all sorts of sports. Uh, when I was in, in junior school, I was playing uh, hockey, uh, soccer, cricket, rugby, uh, basketball. So you keep, you keep yourself active and you kind of just work and find out what you really enjoy doing. And when I got to high school, um, I chose rugby and cricket as my as my two sports, and then as it started getting a lot more competitive, I was finding out that I needed to spend a lot more time on one or the other, uh, and I felt that I, I had a better chance of pursuing a, a dream and, and uh, becoming successful in in rugby. So I, I left cricket to to just fully give rugby a go. Right. Yeah, I, listen, go ahead, Rob. I, I got to ask real quick. Are you talking about uh, hockey, like ice hockey that you played? No, no, no. Field, field, field hockey. Field hockey. So, okay. Yeah, we, we play. Okay, I was going to say. On field. We, there's, there's no ice in South Africa that I'm aware I, of. I, I, that's that's why <laughs> I was, was going to ask. I was going to say the big guy 
I played hockey uh, uh, for most of my life, and I was like, wait, you, play, you played ice hockey down there? Yeah. <laughs> they have, they have a skating rink, but not, not an ice yeah. hockey rink. One in the, whole, in the whole country, one, just one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of cricket, it's funny. I got into cricket watching a lot of the um, Caribbean teams play. They had uh, the Caribbean 2020 League at one point in St. Lucia, Bermuda, and for, for whatever reason, it was on this weird channel when I was a kid that just showed like, you know, weird sports. And one of the things was cricket. And I got into it as a young age as American. Uh, again, you know, I, 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 I'd watch anything, any sport yeah. I watched, I watched two dogs run down the street, you know, if it's, if it's a, if it's a good race, but anyway. Um, so speaking of sports and speaking of your like of sports, uh, we know that you're an avid golfer and uh, you have a weekend pass to play golf anywhere, run, pass or kick. Who's in your foursome? And what course do you play? Oh, uh, run! Um, if you if you don't choose Tiger Woods, I think you, you you're pretty crazy not to to play uh, play with Tiger. Um, I'd love to also have uh, one of the South African legends, or Ernie else. Um, and then um, I'm I've drawn a blank now. Uh, Bubba Watson, I think I, I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, he's he, he's very unorthodox, and I just love the way he he, he sort of plays and uh, and goes around. Um, and uh, I'm not sure where, where the Masters was played. This or if it's played at the same spot every yeah. Masters, I'm not 100. Yes, yeah, percent Augusta. Yeah, that's where I'll go play. Awesome. Okay. You know, see, I I would I would make one slight change, maybe maybe take. Maybe take Bubba out, and I would play with Charles Barkley, only because if you ever if you ever seen Charles Barkley yeah. swing a golf club, his hitch oh. out with a wood. God damn it! It's painful watching, isn't it? Really, I feel I feel sorry for him because he knows how good he can hit it when he hits it on the, the range. Club. His hitch. Oh my God! It's it's the. It, I mean, I thought I was bad at golf, and then you see Charles Barkley swing a golf club, and you're like, holy shit. I'm way better than him. <laughs> That's, That's what I was going to say. Go ahead, yeah, Carl. But just putting 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 someone uh, on on the foursome that's not uh, <laughs> quite up there, so I don't, at least don't look look too horrible playing at the back of the, those guys. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. I was going to, you know, you should have picked, you know, that third person, somebody you can beat. You got to beat somebody with that group, right? <laughs> now, I, I got to ask off the cuff. I know Cam Dolan's a huge golfer. Do you guys, do you guys uh, play together every once in a while? Yeah, a couple of the boys actually love a good round of golf, um, and they they've been playing a bit more so um, now that this the season in the off days. Carlos also loves a, a good bit of golf, so all the boys have that enjoy. We've we've gone down and, and played a couple holes and kind of trying to make it a good little off day, um, wind down and uh, recovery day. Who's the best of? Who's the best golfer on the gold team? Uh, probably Cam. He yeah. He, he plays some really, really good golf. I think he he swings the club really nicely, and um, I think he plays obviously a bit more than us. I think he will say he doesn't, but secretly, I think he he goes and has a couple rounds somewhere. See, this is where I could sneak in the joke about how rugby New York makes the playoffs over Nola all the time. That's why Cam's <laughs> getting in those extra rounds. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'll be sure to mention that to him when I go down there. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure he could catch you, big guy. Yeah, I have no doubt. I'll take the pummeling. It was still a good joke. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to – we're kind of going a little bit uh, progressively through 
your rugby career. And, and we're going to continue along that line with uh, the next question. You arrived in New Orleans in the lead up to the shortened, you know, pandemic 2020 season after the shutdown. And I was absolutely celebrating this fact, unlike most or many of the international players who went home to their home countries, you opted to stay stateside, stayed in New Orleans, did, a, as I, I think we mentioned off camera, did some charity work um, during the pandemic. So run past her kick. What led you to decide to stay in New Orleans during the pandemic and that, that strike certain, you know, end of the season, et cetera. Um, I'll run with this again. Um, I just really met some really good, um, people in terms of my, my training. Um, I've, I've been training down at uh, GLS training facility, um, and I got introduced to, to it actually uh, while I was playing uh, at the golf club because uh, Richie, the the owner's brother, uh, said to me that it, that they do this um, training down there, and I, if I wanted to go check it out, and uh, it will help me just sort of uh, correct sort of some some movement patterns and some instabilities and stuff in in my movement, and I was like, yeah, hey, I'm all for it, and went down there, and I was uh, I was in the mindset of okay, we've We've had a shortened season. Um, now I've kind of got quite a, a good window now to now stay and train um, here and, and sort of be, put myself in the best shape possible for the following season. Because at, at that time, we still weren't, um, I think, 100% sure if the next season was going to go with, with COVID. No one was really sure what was going to go on and it was going to get pushed back. And so I just was in the mindset of, I just want to. I've just got you. Um, uh, I, I want to go still in, uh, experience and, and see a bit of, of New Orleans and stuff, and at the same time, just get myself a bit more grounded and and and, and stable here before I ended up wanting to go back home. Uh, so I, I I chose to stay and and work on uh, my game, and um, which ended up being a good thing because in the following year. Uh, ended up meeting my wife here, so I, I thought it ended up being a great decision to, to stay. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> at least that's what you're going to say on camera when there's evidence uh, to be had, right? <laughs> well, you know, I hope folks, mo most fans, make the right decision right now, and they should go to patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod if they want to see the rest of Carl Miles' interview. Because right now, baby, uh, show's kind of coming to an end. Um, I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. That's Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. For our buddy Carl Meyer here with the NOLA Gold and our buddy Ty Braga, who couldn't be here with us, we hope you enjoyed episode 94, and we'll see you at the next.